Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We pray that this message takes root in your heart and bears fruit in your life. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. We are so honored to be at Turning Point this morning. What a wonderful service. Wow. Praise God, that, this just been powerful. The worship was just amazing, and, uh, and then the prayer time, very special. And uh, I, had some, I stepped out in the foyer for just a few moments earlier, and somebody brought, gave me a word while I was out in the hallway, and it's right on target. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm facing a couple of really dark situations right now. It was just a great word from the Lord, so... So I'm thankful for that. So before we get into the words, Susan's going to uh, going to give you greetings, and she might preach herself. And I just want to tell you how much I, uh, there's a couple of things I, uh, I really love about Turning Point. One, you, you have a home now. You have a home. That's huge. That is huge. You have a home. From your very beginning, I've known your founding pastor, Pastor Johnny, and then get to know absolute Pastor Nathan now since 2015. Now you're the lead pastor, but you have absolutely impeccable integrity in your spiritual leadership from the very beginning days all the way to now. I am so grateful for your leadership that God brought to Murfreesboro and is continuing to use right here in this great city. And, and one thing I just love about your church I sensed it from the very beginning, but even when we were here several years ago, there was a river of God's Spirit flowing in this place. And I'm going to tell you, that's worth everything. That's worth everything, the river of God's Spirit that flows at Turning Point Church, and I'm so excited. So, Susan, this is not my daughter. This is We've been married 46 years now. <laughs> I would say that we used to change each other's diapers when we got so young, but now we've gotten older, it's come back again. So anyway, you know how that goes. So anyway. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terry, um, I might be a few minutes. So. <laughs> I don't know. I just, we go to small churches. I mean, we go to any church that invites us to come, and most of those churches that we go to are small and uh, we're so thankful that God gives us the opportunity that we can go and spend time with that pastor who might need encouragement and just to encourage the church. But at the same time, some of those time, most of those times, we're giving out and we're giving out. And every now and then, God blesses us with a church like this one that we can come and actually we are fed and we are ministered to. And that's exactly the way I feel this morning. God has already touched me in such a mighty way. Thank you to everyone who yielded to the Spirit and obeyed the Spirit of God. And I had one thing I was going to say, and I might say that too. That's why I said I might be a few minutes. You can just cut yours like maybe five minutes short or something. <laughs> but then God laid it on my heart to, to give two examples of ways when we were talking about this song that um, faithful he is and faithful he'll always be, all his promises are yes and amen. You know where his promises come from? This word right here. And that's why it's so important for us to stay in the word. Many times when we start going through a difficult and a hard time, 
we turn away from reading the word and begin to fret and worry. And this is the time that we should run to his word. Because I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how the word of God works. It's faithful. Uh, about 15 years ago, um, I had a mole on my arm that started bleeding. And um, at first I thought, well, maybe I scratched it. But then over a period of time, it started changing in color. So I went to the dermatologist and they uh, removed it and they called me and they told me that it was melanoma, and, um, which is a very serious form of, of cancer if it's not caught early. And so over the process, they wanted to do some tests on me and they did um, a CT scan and the CT scan, the mole was right here in the CT scan, so showed lots of huge lymph nodes under this arm and a mass in my stomach. And I had a PET scan, which uh, confirmed that. And so they sent me to an oncologist who then sent me to a surgeon to confirm the diagnosis is what they do. So he did surgery on me. And to back up, during this time, I can tell you no matter how much you trust the Lord, but when you receive news like that, it is very concerning. It gets very upsetting. And there were um, times that I was strong, and there was times during it that I just break down crying, just sobbing. And this man right here, every time that I would be in my weak moment, he would say, Susan, you will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. He said that to me every single time. And so um, the doctor, the surgeon fit me into his schedule, and I was actually the last one on his, um, back to the room that you go, that you wait until you go into the operating room. And I was laying there, and um, this nurse came in, and she closed all the little green curtains around us, and she said, can I pray for you? And I said, yes, please pray for me. And so she started praying for me, and it was, a, it was a powerful, powerful prayer. And I knew that she had read my chart because she said, Lord, I pray for the terminal illness in this woman's body. And then she just started praying a powerful prayer. And when she was done, she looked at me, and she said, I have a word from the Lord for you. You will not die, but live and proclaim the works of the Lord. I mean, she could have said, by his stripes, you hear, she could have said all these words, but God confirmed his word and confirmed his promises. Um, another situation that I felt God led me to share with you. There's been so many times in our lives that God has taught me that his word is true. If, I, if there's anything I'm going through, immediately I start going to the word. You can ask Terry, there's been times over the years I've had scripture verses taped all over the place because I just believe in declaring it a constant reminder of the word of God and how faithful he truly is to us. Um, our daughter got married. I guess they've been married maybe about 11 years now or maybe 12. But when they first got married, um, very soon they wanted to start a family. And so they started um, trying to, to have a baby. And as time went on, she didn't get pregnant. And as the months went on, she didn't get pregnant. And it just kept being longer and longer. And we really didn't talk about it a lot because it was a very sensitive subject for her. But one day, I was sitting in church. I know the church that I was sitting in because Terry was traveling at that time, and I couldn't travel with him all the time. And God spoke to my heart, and he said, I'm going to give you a grandbaby. And I thought, oh, yay, you know. But then time went on, a year, two years, and nothing happened. And um, one day, Rachel called, and she says, Mom, I want 
Josh and I want you and dad and his parents to meet us for dinner tonight. And it was on a Wednesday night, and I'm thinking, a church night? That's odd. And I said, oh, I bet they're pregnant. And when we got there, it was actually the opposite. They began to share with us all the things they had been to a fertility doctor and just all the things that, um, that they had been told, and it was not positive and not good. And none of the women ate their food. We all cried. It was a terrible time. I, um, that night, I, I drove around, just drove around for about 45 minutes, and I even said, Lord, could I have missed that I knew a few times in my life. I mean, God speaks to us in different ways, but there's been a few times in my life that I knew that I knew that I knew that God has spoken to me about something. I knew it, and he always fulfilled those for me. But this time I said, Lord, could I miss you this time? And even the next morning I got up, and I was um, having my devotions, and I was sitting at the table, and I said, um, I said out loud, I said, Lord, I need a word from you. And, you know, sometimes when we say that, what do we start doing? <laughs> you know, rustling through the scriptures, and, um, and I did that, and nothing happened. And then I said out loud again, I said, Lord, you don't have to give me a word. I trust you. And when I opened my, I just took it and flipped it like this. And when I flipped it, my eyes fell on Psalms 128. And it's only got six verses in it. And <clears throat> the version I was using was the NIV. And when I read this chapter, you can look it up yourself. Um, I read it all in the sixth verse. This is exactly the way it said it. It said, yes, may you see your children's children. You know, God didn't have to give me that. He had already promised me. But he loves us, and he's so faithful and so loving to us that he gave me another word just to comfort me. So I wrote this word down. I taped it everywhere. I, you know, just every day, even when I would just feel a moment of doubt, I'd say, Lord, you told me, yes, that I will see my children, grandchildren. And I can, I'm proud to tell you now that we are actually grandparents of two grandbabies. And um, there, are, there are little miracle babies, and we're so thankful, and we're so thankful to God for his faithfulness. You know, sometimes I'm not even faithful, but he still remains faithful to us. So if you're going through a situation and, you know, you're kind of in despair, I promise you, if you'll get in God's word, he'll give you a word for it. I promise, he, he doesn't fail. You just start searching them. Instead of uh, staying away from the word, start searching them, and God will give you a word. There are, there are words that God has given me that have not come to pass yet, past, particular, that I, I remind God of it every day. And it's going to come to pass. I know that it is. Because I, the, once you begin to see God answering these, then your faith grows and grows, and then you, you expect it, and you know that it's going to happen. That's how our faith is, grows. So I encourage you to get in God's word, find his word, claim his word, stand on his word, and it will come to pass. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll turn it back over to Pastor Nathan now. <laughs> Amen. The anointing makes the difference. The, the river of God's spirit flows in this church. We know that. We've seen the Holy Spirit move this morning here. But I came this morning to tell you that the anointing is going to increase exponentially. 
from what you have ever seen before, it's going to be exponentially increased. You're going to go through some battles. The enemy will resist and fight whenever you go to those next levels in the spirit realm. But I want to tell you something. you got to persevere because there's a level of anointing that God has taken you to that's far exponentially further than what you've ever been before. Now, you've had great, great foundation. You had great ministry, but get ready. Get ready. You just, you just got to know it. Now, when, when the enemy starts fighting, you got to stay in unity. Because the enemy fights unity in the body. And he does it in your marriage. He does it in your family. He does it in your workplace. He does it no matter where you're at. The enemy tries to disrupt and, and bring fear and discouragement and doubt and unbelief. But that God's taking you through. The anointing makes a difference. When our children are young, I, I have an addiction. It's called chocolate milkshakes. Anybody have that addiction? Mine's ice cream, chocolate milkshakes. And so when the kids were little, to help me in my addiction, I would make chocolate milkshakes for the kids at night. And, of course, you know how you get your blender out and you get the ice cream out and you get the milk out and you get the Hershey's chocolate syrup out and, and you just really make that thing up good. And, of course, of course, Daddies and papas always have to add other things to the normal ingredients. So I would pull this stuff out of the counter, and I would say, <laughs> well, we got some secret stuff we're going to put in this chocolate milkshake, and we go on and on and on about this secret stuff. Of course, the kids, they want to know what it is, you know. And, you know, you're not going to tell them. You're not going to show them. Of course, we know it's just plain old vanilla flavoring, all right? All right? But it was some secret stuff. Now, we as Pentecostals, spirit-filled folks, there's a secret stuff that sets us apart in the body of Christ. It doesn't mean we're better. Because we're going to be in heaven with believers of all different types of groups. We're not any more spiritual. But there's a secret stuff. And don't buy into that lie that you've got to be relevant in order to change people's lives. Now, you're, I love this. Matter of fact, you know, Pastor Nathan, I believe if Susan and I lived in Murphy, I love this church home. When I say secret stuff that we as spirit-filled people have got to hang on to. I don't care if it's millennial or Gen X or Gen whatever. There's some secret stuff that you and I must hold on to no matter what is going on, and that is the anointing. It's the anointing that makes the difference. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. We're going to look at the first part of this verse. The Lord spoke and said, But you shall receive power. You shall receive power. That Greek word there is dunamis. It talks about God's mighty power, His ability, the force of God. 
And I like to define this word dunamis and this word power here. It's God's supernatural power working in and through our natural abilities. In other words, you take whatever talents, whatever ministry you may be involved in, you take your natural abilities and you give it to God and he mixes it with his supernatural ability. You can take somebody that's an average singer and turn them into a mighty force because the power of the Holy Spirit, he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So it's important for us to understand that there is a power. There's a secret sauce. There's some secret stuff that every one of us is believers that we need to hold on to. Now, you know, David says, says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. That means what happened in your life in 2019, it happened then. But there needs to be a fresh anointing. There needs to be a fresh oil with fresh and upon your life in 2020. I will be anointed with fresh oil. That's what we got to have. That secret stuff. The scripture says it's the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And there are people all throughout Murfreesboro and Rutherford County who are bound by different habits and addictions and problems and all kind of stuff going on. And, but it's the anointing that will break the yokes of bondage in people's lives. Now, I want us to look at what Joyce Meyer had to say. Joyce Meyer says, so what's the key to living in God's power? The anointing. And it's not just the preachers that have the anointing. you got to understand, God wants to anoint every one of us. He wants to anoint every one of us for service, for serving the Lord, to make us more effective because as we practice Acts 1-8, we go to Jerusalem, we go to Judea, we go to Samaria, we go to the uttermost parts of the earth, and you go in the anointing. That's how you go. George Meyer said, what's the key to living in God's power? The anointing. The anointing is God's ability in you to help you, to enable you to do something with ease without it being a struggle. You go into Walmart, and the Lord sets up a divine encounter with somebody that you need to talk to them about Jesus. And you get into a conversation before you know it, you're praying and you're ministering. And God's using you at Walmart to minister to somebody who desperately needs a touch from heaven. And you get back in your truck, you get back in your car, and you sit down and you say, how did I say that? Where did those words come from? I'm going to tell you where it came from. It's the anointing. It's the anointing that's in you that God wants to use you wherever you go, no matter who you're talking to, no matter where you are, that anointing, you do it with ease because you let the Spirit of God just flow through you. R.T. Kendall says, all of us who preach or teach, now you think the preachers and teachers are ones right up here. And there is a place for preachers and teachers in the local church. It's part of the fivefold gifts of the church in Ephesians chapter 4. But, but every one of us are preachers. Every one of us need to be proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Every one of us are teachers. Every one of us need to be explaining and discipling others and showing them the way that they should go in the things of the Lord. So R.T. Kendall says, all of us who preach or teach surely pray for a greater anointing. This is what I desire more than anything. That anointing, that greater anointing. Larry Stockstill, another minister of the gospel, says, many men today are running on adrenaline and not anointing. We don't need to get busy for Jesus. We need to move in the spirit with Jesus. We need to let the Lord help us, to enable us, to equip us so that you and I can become the men and women of God he wants us to be. We must have more than just adrenaline and busyness. We need that anointing. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus flowed in the anointing. Now think about this. The deity became flesh and dwelt among us. So how did Jesus dwell among us? He flowed in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It was the anointing that made the difference in Jesus' ministry. It was the anointing. Go with me to Acts 10, verse 38. This is from the message. It says, you know the story of what happened in Judea. It began in Galilee after John preached a total life change. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God. Where's the anointing come from? It comes from God. It doesn't come because you stand and say, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know. I mean, it's not having certain types of voice speaking. The anointing doesn't come just because you get all emotional and you jump. I like that jumping this morning. I, I mean, I can jump, but I'll wiggle for the next 10 minutes. I enjoy the emotional part of Pentecost, but emotionalism is not the anointing. There's an, there's an anointing that comes from God, and that's what the Scripture says. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God. When you go to work, be anointed by God. When you go out in the community to shop or do whatever you do in Murfreesboro, do it under the anointing of God. That's what he says. He was anointed by God with what? The Holy Spirit. This anointing by the Holy Spirit, I like the way the message says this next phrase, ready for action. <laughs> that means tomorrow morning when you say, well, i got to go to work, you need to be ready for action. Because you never know what you're going to encounter. Be ready for action. Be anointed by God through the Holy Spirit. Be ready for action. That should have been in King James. I wish it was, but it wasn't. But I like it anyway. Ready for action. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down. Who was beaten down by the devil. Boy, does that describe where we live right now today? As you move out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you come back ready for action. You need to be going through Murfreesboro and going through Rutherford County, going through all of Middle Tennessee, helping people. And let the Lord use your words to bring healing to people because we live in a world where people are beat up by the devil. And you and I are Christ ambassadors, anointed by God. To do what he wants us to do. Now, Luke chapter 4. 
Let's look a little bit deeper how Jesus was anointed by God. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Look at this scripture. Luke 4, 18 and 19. Did it come up? There it is. There we go. All right. The scripture says, this, this was Jesus speaking. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The son of God was anointed. You need to be anointed. It says, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. There's plenty of people that are poor. You can be living in the richest part of Murfreesboro and be as poor as you can be. Because if you don't have Jesus, you're poor. And the gospel is the answer. Jesus went on to say, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You don't have to look very far and you'll find somebody whose heart is broken. Their husband or their wife has dumped them. Their heart is broken because of broken relationships in the family. They're, it's everywhere you look. And the Lord anoints us so that we can bring healing to the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. People that are captivated by drugs and alcohol. The Lord uses us and anoints us to say there's liberty through Jesus Christ. The recovery of sight to the blind, people that are spiritually blind, people that are morally blind, people who are blind, blinded by the God of this world. And then it says to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And you'll find many people. You don't have to drive very far. You can look right at your next door neighbor and you'll find people that are oppressed by the enemy. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord that 2020 can be your yes, your heart can be healed because this is your acceptable year in 2020. Now, Jesus was anointed. And the reality is, is that you can be anointed. You can be anointed. You say, well, I, I, can't, I can't do it like Pastor Nathan does it. God doesn't want you to do it like Pastor Nathan. Well, I just can't do it like Ivy Lynn. I mean, she's such a natural to this. God doesn't want you to be that because God made them them. He placed them where they are, and God wants to take you. He wants to use you, your talents, your abilities, the calling of God that's upon your life. The anointing needs to be flowing through your life. Now, let me give you some principles on how the anointing can make the difference in your life this coming week. Number one, the anointing equals the presence of God. The presence of God in your life that flows from within you. This presence is powerful. Every place you go this week, you're walking with Jesus. You, ha you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you and empowering you and helping you what you need this week. It's yours. He's there. You've been baptized in the Spirit. You have a prayer language. God's using you. So you got to understand that everywhere you go, you are actually the presence of Christ in that area of the community. You represent Jesus. This anointing equals God's presence. And you want God's presence in your life. And so everywhere you go, you may not realize it, but people see there's something different about you. You don't cuss and carry on. You don't lose your temper. You just kind of keep your cool. 
There's a smile about you. Everybody around you might be frowning and upset, but there's a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory that's within you. I want to tell you something. How you flow in the anointing is everywhere you go, you just take the presence of Jesus with you. The presence of the Lord. People are watching. They know whether you're walking in that presence or not. So wherever you go this week, just walk in that you got to yield to the Holy Spirit. Walk in that presence of God. Number two, you got to yield to the Holy Spirit. Got to yield to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit prompts you, yield to it. You say, well, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm just going to make a fool of myself out here in this parking lot. You yield to the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will take care of it. Now think about this. Yield to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're dwelling in the Word, you're meditating upon the Word, God's going to help you to say what you need to say at the right time. You're going to be amazed what will come out of your mouth. But you've got to yield. I remember when the Lord began to do with me when I was just a teenager about the gifts of the Spirit. And and, and I would sit in a service, and, and I would just sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit about, about, a, about giving a message in tongues. And I sat there, and I said, Lord, if it's really you, show me. Then somebody would start speaking in tongues in the audience, and then I'd start praying for the interpretation. And I, and I felt like I could give it, but I was so nervous. I was so scared. And I can't even tell you how many times. I had the interpretation. It might only have been the first word or two, but whoever gave the interpretation, it was the same type of interpretation that the Spirit was prompting me. You, we got to yield to the Spirit. It took me a couple of years before I was really willing to yield. And if, the, if you're going to flow in your anointing, if you're going to move with God, you've got to yield to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, the Scripture teaches us that we need to be yielded to the Spirit, pursue love, and to desire spiritual gifts. That's what Corinthians teaches us, all right? God uses yielded vessels, not perfect vessels. You may not feel, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel qualified. None of us are qualified. No, there are times I don't even deserve to be ordained. I'm going to tell you something. There are times we don't deserve it. But God uses us in spite of ourselves. All right? And number three, apply anointing oil often as needed. Oil, the anointing oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't care a little thing of anointing oil with me. I probably should. But I've always got some in my office. I've always got some around the house. There's always a place for anointing oil. There's a little verse tucked in Psalms 23 that is just powerful. I want you to go to Psalms 23, and let's look at verse number 5. Apply this anointing oil often as needed. Paul said he bore in his body the scars of ministry. The spiritual scars, physical scars, emotional scars. I'm going to tell you something. You live for the Lord long enough, there's going to be hurts. There's going to be disappointments. There's going to be setbacks. I don't care who you are. 
You may look like you're walking on from mountaintop to mountaintop, but every one of us have valleys. Every one of us goes through seasons in which we just don't understand, and we feel like, man, I've been pushed down here. So what we need is the anointing oil. Look at Psalms 23 and verse 5. The scripture says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Now think this, think this, walk this out with me. Verse 5, we're going to bring it to a close, all right? It says, you. Who is you? It's our shepherd. It's our chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is loving you and taking care of you as you go in his presence, as you yield to the Holy Spirit, there are times that you're going to need that anointing oil applied. There are times that we need the oil applied to us as ministers of his. It says, you, what does he do? He prepares a table. This preparing a table speaks of perfect timing. The table is the high range where the sheep feed in the hot, dry summer. It's a table of meadows and vegetation and provision. God goes ahead of every one of us and prepares the way by removing poisonous weeds, coyotes, wolves, danger. God already knows what is right now taking you by surprise. What's surprising you right now never surprises God. Whatever situation you find yourself in and you feel like you're surrounded, I want to tell you, he is surrounding you. Praise God. So there's nothing you have to be fearful or discouraged about. Because he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That spiritual warfare, that stuff you go through where there's opposition and misunderstanding. He prepares a table in the presence of your enemies. And then he says he anoints your head with oil. This is powerful. Oil protects the sheep from tormenting out the insects like flies and ticks and mosquitoes and gnats and bugs. And without the oil, the sheep would be tormented, restless, even panicky under distress. Oh, but thank God we have a shepherd who gives us a fresh application in our life. He anoints our head with oil so that our cup can run over. That anointing that's in your life, he wants it just to run over this coming week throughout Murfreesboro. That anointing in your life, he wants it to run over in abundance in your life this week. But we've got to say, Lord, anoint us with fresh oil. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.